Hello, I'm Gwen Trasida from the NCTM communications team and today I'm talking to Catherine Darwin, a secondary teacher and second in department from West Yorkshire. Although we are of course both at home and so hoping that Wi-Fi and technology will bear up to recording this. Hi Catherine. Hi. The teaching profession has done amazing things in the past few weeks. With less than a week's notice, everything that schools do has had to be replaced with provision for most pupils learning from home. We know that schools and teachers have risen to this challenge in a huge variety of ways and the aim of these podcasts is to reflect that. In the absence of much in the way of relevant research or experience, we're hoping that sharing practice might give listeners ideas to help them reflect on their own situations. Do you want to start off by just telling me um, what your day looks like now? You know, it must be very, very different from a normal day at school. Uh, yeah, I think, to be honest, I'm trying to keep to the routine of, of working roughly school hours. Right. Um, so I tend to start work at about eight and finish at around four, um, <laughs> just because that's that's what I'm used to and it feels a little bit like a, a small chunk of normality. Do you want to tell me a bit about the decisions your department made about um, remote learning? And I know you had to do it really, really quickly. Um so how did you go about that and what what have you landed on? I think we're quite lucky in that we're, we're part of quite a large trust mm. and so before school closures happened there was preparation going on by the directors for what would happen if schools were closed so yeah. the first kind of two weeks were on standby already um by the time the school closures were announced and there was a whole kind of infrastructure on um on sharepoint um which was just ready for them to use whenever whenever it happened if it happened so our directors for, for all of the subjects have put together um mostly revision lessons um yeah. on on content for the students where Initially, they were on PowerPoints, but then it was discovered that they could edit the PowerPoints. Um, the I don't students could. Yeah. Um, so because obviously the way SharePoint works is you give a link to a file and then that file is shared to be used by people. Oh, I see. Um, they they kind of the kids were editing things and writing little messages to each other um, <laughs> across the whole trust, which was um literally within about 10 minutes someone had noticed and then um, they were all made into pdfs and <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they've just had hegarty maths clips that go along with that so as in individual schools we've been setting those clips up for the relevant days so they know what they should be doing on hegarty um, and some of them have had issues with sharepoint so it means that they've been able to kind of keep that normality of using hegarty maths like they would do in term time Right, um, so that's something that you use anyway, is it? And they're all familiar. Yeah, yeah. they've used it for years, so right. um, it's it's something they're very very familiar with, and they're kind of ready to to just carry on with. That the engagement probably isn't what we'd hope for. Um, so that's what I was going to ask you about next: is what is your engagement like? I think because of the catchment that that we're in, there is limited access to technology in a lot of households um right. so normally in in school we offer um a homework club where they go 
to to the library and use the computers after school and a lot of students take that up and um, yeah. I've also had students that come to me of a morning while I'm setting up and sorting my printing and things and they say miss can I just use your computer and do the homework this morning you know like at about about eight o'clock when we yeah. start at eight twenty-five. so I am aware of the fact that a lot of them don't have that access so it's it's quite difficult for us because my class of kind of 30 year 10s I'm seeing about anything up to about half of them consistently doing it and then every now and again it boosts massively um but it's not necessarily that they're being lazy it's that they might be part of a multi-child household where there's one laptop and both parents are working from home just go to go back to the um, powerpoints now pdfs um, yep. <laughs> what do they add that um that isn't available on your sort of hegarty provision I think for, for a lot of them, it was more about providing something that feels like a lesson. Right. So Hegarty feels like homework because that's what they use it for. Yeah. Um, and so the PowerPoints were intended to feel like a lesson. Now, obviously, initially they had click throughs and the animations came up bit by bit. And that was kind of lost a little bit when they had to become PDFs. Mm. Um, but I've been working with the trust because I had lots of emails in the first few weeks from my year 10 saying, like, I don't really understand what this slide means. And it was evident that obviously things should have come up bit by bit. But it's all there in one go. So that kind of cognitive overload was a bit much for them. Um, so I asked if it would be possible for me to have the original PowerPoints and kind of clean them up. And then I've actually been recording lessons using my visualizer, um, which I, I kind of made sure I had when I left school on the last day they were open. Um, to kind of go along with that. So it feels a little bit more of an authentic lesson experience if they want it. And in my videos, I'm making a point of pausing it the points where they should try the questions themselves before I start explaining any answers and saying right this is your turn now have a go pause the video if you haven't tried these already and I'll go through the answers in about 10 seconds time <laughs> um, and that's that seems to that seems to be working it is it's strange I'm kind of weirdly enjoying doing them because it feels like the only thing that is close to my normal job right. um, but there is there is so little feedback that it isn't even it isn't even remotely my real job. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really hard as well. And I think that even even with the technology we have, I would be wary of kind of of wanting to do live lessons with them with video on because even though that would give me an idea of whether they looked absolutely bemused by what was going on, um it it would it would also mean that that they had to kind of let me in on a bit of their lives that potentially they don't want to um you know home life and school life are very different for a lot of our students and i wouldn't want them to feel like they had to share that with us how much feedback are you getting from your students in how they're finding this do you have a sense of all oh, that works really nicely for them all oh, that didn't work so well at the moment, personally, I feel like it's very hit and miss and there is no pattern. Um, there are a few students who I feel over the past couple of days, um, particularly like the, the last week, have reached a point where they're like, I am bored out of my brain. Mm. And they are, they are engaging more because they want a routine back. So looking ahead to there's a lot of talk now of when schools are going to reopen and how schools are going to reopen. And I just wonder, 
you know how you're thinking about that and what you anticipate might be the issues with with when schools reopen this is this is interesting there's a lot of things that i can't i kind of tried to not think about when this first started because the more i thought about the disadvantage gap that's going to appear uh the more upset i got about it um Mm -hmm. and I don't I, I don't think I can physically do anything about that right now um and so my brain quite quickly turned into like if I can get this scheme of work finished we can find a place for all of the students to start in a way that makes sense for them when we go back whenever that may be right. and hopefully they're not then disadvantaged by this time out of school because the idea with the all through scheme of work which has been running for year seven and eight this year anyway is that somebody could just pick up a tracker that says where they've got up to in this all through scheme and pick up where they left off right um you know seeing maths is more of a continuum than like a set of things that we need to do this year now there are points at which we're saying right this should be the end of year seven mm. um or this should be the end of year nine but it it's a lot more fluid than that um i guess that and, and actually in some ways that feels scary in terms of how people are used to teaching um but actually feels like it might be a good thing for the situation we found (laughs) ourselves in you know we don't want to have to go back and say right all of you are on year eight now um because you know it's like in the calendar this says you are now year eight Mm. we can potentially go back to year seven and say right we didn't finish this so let's do it now um and in some way accelerate it into what like kind of find some way of baselining each topic so that we're not wasting time starting it from scratch but using what they know to help us to teach the best that we can right Um, that bit's still kind of in process in my brain I'm not quite sure how that bit's going to work yet but I do think that tailoring it to what they already know and building on it is probably the way forward Okay, just explain to me what you mean by baselining. Um, There would be, I think, because there's no SAT, Year 7 are going to need something that tells us what they know. Oh, okay, Um, yeah. So the beginning of the Year 7 scheme of work last year, um, we did some kind of general numbery work and things that they could do together problem-solving-wise, and then we set set them a 40-minute assessment that was just... It was more about being diagnostic about what they knew and what they didn't. So what could we skip that that we know they're confident with from year six and what have they forgotten? So are they really good at column addition, but they cannot for the life of them remember how to multiply fractions? Because there's no point in us doing three lessons on column addition if they don't need it. Right. Um, And so it's not necessarily about the score. It's about the gaps. Yeah. and then I feel like that might be something we have to consider for for other year groups, kind of finding some way of even if it's exit and entrance tickets to figure out what they know about a potential next topic, I almost see. like baselining what what might be next to figure out where we start to use the time more wisely. Um, because obviously we've lost time and we do, at the moment don't know how much of that time has been lost. But, you know, if normally you would set up a less we'll have one lesson as a setup for I don't know bearings and just do something something to kind of recap with them what a bearing is if you think they've already seen it that isn't a good use of our time if we've lost that many lessons mm. 
Mm. Um, so it might be that you do a pre-assessment, they know what a basic bearing is and you move on to the problem solving. Right. Um and I think that that might be the way forward for that's kind of my thinking at the moment is trying to find some way to figure out what they know, work, find whatever their baseline is and work from that as opposed to assuming the baseline is zero knowledge. And do you think is there anything that you've learnt in this closure period, anything that will affect how you teach as a classroom teacher um, when you go back to the classroom? I think that understanding of of their home situations is the biggest one for me. Like right. I've been very aware of it the whole time I've worked at the school that I work in, but I think that for me it's it's actually more that emotional side of understanding what their lives at home could be like. Mm. Um and not necessarily making allowances for it, but understanding that you might need to offer that breakfast club for homework or, um, you know, that school might be the place that they want to be as opposed to home um, and not setting expectations that they do, like, I don't know, 12 pieces of Hegarty a week, which would be ridiculous. But, you know, if they if they can't do it because there's three of them sharing one computer and their internet's gone down or they don't have Wi-Fi, that you know, they're not being unduly punished for that. In terms of teaching, it's hard because I've not actually physically been doing it. I think um, I've, I've been doing it slightly more by doing the videos than than other teachers have. But I have been thinking about the quality of my explanation a lot more. Um, thinking about the links between the topics. So that the assessment that I've just done, I've used for the foundation students a lot of equivalent fractions to help them. And I've used that consistently through about six questions mm. that I would normally probably have done in different ways. But actually, if they can do it using equivalent fractions, that's one skill and they can apply it in multiple different places. Um, and so almost trying to find those links um, between things that they are comfortable with right. um, and, and using those to explain new things. Is there anything else you wanted to add that you think would be useful to our listeners? Um, just, I think that the biggest thing I've taken from doing the CPD chats on the lockdown staff room is that everyone else will talk about what they're doing, yeah. but it only fits their context. And so don't compare yourself to them. Um, it's easy to think, oh my God, that person's doing five live lessons a day and all I'm doing is checking for Hegarty comments. Um, or, you know, I, I'm not revamping my entire scheme of work and that's really poor. Like, what are my kids going to feel like when they come back? That's We're all dealing with it differently and we're dealing with it for our context. Um, yeah. And we can get ideas from other people, but that doesn't mean that that's what we should be doing. Um, you know, take what works for you um, and just be kind to yourself and other people because that's all we can really do at a time like this thank you anyway it's been lovely talking to you and it's been you really too. interesting and i hope your experience will give other teachers a chance to reflect and some food for thought um, and thank you also to our listeners we are intending to record more of these short podcasts reflecting the new and rapidly changing realities that teachers are facing so please do subscribe to our podcast to hear more like this thank you goodbye <laughs>